Okay. There it is. <laughs> so the, Inflammatory so, comment. So, <laughs> whoa, people are. Shots fired. So, 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 <laughs> so people that were reporting this. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. everyone welcome to the dude nature podcast welcome back to the reactor it's an overcast day in portland when is it not an overcast day in portland it, the fire welcome is burning inside motherfucking back keep, the rain is wet the fire is burning, burning inside burn keep one the down. fire burning i'm gonna burn one down no these are the gripes yep i want to burn one where down. we gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something that is mildly irritating such as your headphones being too high that are now level yeah so thank what you. is what is your gripe today my my gripe is so you know when you're when you see an ad and it's like it's like people sitting corona quarantined and they're like on a video call and they're like we are more apart than ever but you can be together and then yeah. at the end of that it's like facebook video messenger by buying a chevy or by or by buying zoom or by buying be by being on facebook right or blah, blah, blah. it's just such bullshit i just fucking hate that these companies are just by just, buying Amazon Alexa, just, it's I hate when people are like, "Oh, what a cute commercial!" It's so fucking right. It's, it's like I, ha- have a heart, goddamn it. No, no, and, and when people are like, "Oh, it's such a cute commercial," it it actually drives me crazy because it's like, no, they're just trying to get your money. Right? They want your fucking money. The this is a fucking company playing on your heartstrings. Right. They're just like, hey, buy a car. I know we know you have no money and everyone's unemployed, but buy this buy car. Buy a car because everyone's unemployed. Uh, my gripe is that I can't drink regular water. Anymore because La- of the Lacroix. amount of LaCroix that I drink. Oh, fucking LaCroix. But when you run out of LaCroix, it's impossible to drink regular water. Every night, I think I drink three cans of LaCroix. I have three friends that go to bed with me named Popple Moose, <laughs> Key Lime, and Lemon. Tangerine. And I tangerine. wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, you know what I need? I need a friend. And his name is Tangerine LaCroix. His name is Tangerine Is LaCroix, LaCroix. nationwide? Uh, I don't know. Is it? Well, fucking what's the Spar- other? By LaCroix, we mean the sparkling water brand. What's the other thing? Uh, Tobo Chico isn't right. Just Texas. Tobo, Texas Tobo Chico seems like it's just Texas. Tobo Chico is the greatest, though. Honestly. Hey. No, let's play a little game. Let's do it. The percentage of yoga practitioners that are women is what? Uh, Please sh- answer in the form of a mo- question like Jeopardy. What is yeah. not, what is ninety percent? In incorrect. <laughs> okay. It seems like it. What is seventy two percent? Still incredibly high. Okay. All right. The percent of Americans, question number two, that have practiced yoga in the last six months. Okay. Twenty percent. What is twenty percent? Alex Trebek. What yeah. is twenty percent? Very close, guesser. The correct answer is what is fifteen percent? Ooh. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. It's 50% pretty ubiquitous too, at this point. 50% too many in my eyes. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be some salty um, dog on this Third episode. question. At any one time, there are over how many yoga posts trending on Instagram? I'm not familiar with how something trends on Instagram, but I guess that there might be a page where something, People if, are it's into hot, it. if it's hot, like hot, it's considered trending. People are into it? Yep. Um, at any one time, how many yoga posts are, posts are considered trending? I feel like yoga would be a good Venn diagram for Instagram because basically you can put a picture of a hot girl. And that's basically the thing that. But works. a hot dude. 
hot dudes hot work dude, too. Just yeah. people that are with a, sexy. With a man bun. Any, Sexual any, people. Se- it's like there's everything, and then there's like sex, and that's the thing. The world's attractive people. The world, there's a trap, but I'm saying in like a marketing terms, there's anything you can do, and then there's like boob, muscles. You know what I mean? Right. Breast. It's like a breast, boob, muscle. muscle. That's not like its own thing. You can never um, compete with that if you don't have that. The correct answer is yeah. what is 602 million? Damn. Those are the amount of yoga posts Wait, trending what? on Instagram. So I don't believe that. Yeah, believe it. Two times the population of the United States? Yeah. Two times the population of the United States of pictures are trending, are trending at one time at any yoga? one time on Instagram. Well, that's just, you know, it's part of the problem, that is right? That's part insane. of the problem. Wait, do you, you see how insane that is? It's absolutely fucking insane. That's absolutely fucking but insane. But you know, they do like, I'm doing cartwheel on the, I'm doing a mermaid on the beach. Yeah, I'm, you know? But like, also, like, these are my boobs. Also, this is my butt. So, also, like, you can look at me, for, <laughs> you, can look, you can look at me for yoga or just look at me because I'm. Also, this is my man bun, and this is my this is my fourteen pack. Fuck yoga. Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna be there. We go. So, no. What is our topic today? Our topic today is the science of yoga, or what is yoga actually good for? Like, what is the science behind yoga telling us that this is what yoga is for? Today, we're gonna go into these are our sections. First, famous athletes that do yoga, yoga and physical strength, then yoga and mental health. Then yoga and flexibility and balance. And then we're going to end with yoga and other benefits like pain management and potpourri of yoga. Yeah. Adam, in beginnings that don't suck. Yep. You have a minute to tell us everything we need to know about yoga to enjoy the episode. You ready? I am ready. Three, two, one. No, yoga is thought to have originated over 5,000 years ago in ancient civilizations of the Indus Valley. What's the Indus Valley? The in, it's the Indian version of Mesopotamia or ancient Egypt. Yoga is one of six Indian philosophical traditions. And when we think of yoga in a Western sense, we are thinking of the physical movement of the body through postures, otherwise called asanas. But there are forms of yoga that have very little movement at all. In fact, they're much more spiritual than they are actually getting an exercise in. Right. So there are many different kinds of yoga. Kundalini, vinyasa, Hatha, I don't know the pronunciation of any of these. Okay, so don't fucking get at, get at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hatha, Ashtanga, Yin, Ayengar. And Bik- now you're, you're kicked out of your elitist yoga studio. Bikram, power. You've already been kicked restorative out. Restorative yoga, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing, Noah. In this yoga community, there is so much noise in pseudoscience about its benefits. There are all kinds of spiritual practices, both Western and ancient Eastern, that are woven into the yoga sessions. There's tons of yoga products. There's girls with lotus leaf tattoos on their backs. And dude with ma- dudes with man buns. So what the hell is going on here? What the fuck is going on? Is there on? any evidence and data that supports inc- incorporating yoga into your workout routine, such as I have into mine? I um, I do like doing yoga a lot. You don't. No. As of yet. But maybe you will have to the end of this episode. Or maybe you'll like it less. I, 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 yeah. So I know. Yes. Guys, what is our theme? Ladies and gentlemen, our theme for today, lots and lots and lots and lots of claims about yoga. Very, 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 very little actual scientific research about the benefits of yoga. There is some, but I just want to intro our episode is that we just read through every single scientific article we could find. And that's where all of our information comes from. Because if you do a search for, is yoga good? What you will find is a bunch of different articles put out by yoga studios that when you then go into the article, they say, of course, yes, 
So is that your yoga voice that you're going to use through this um, episode? I'm a salty people. I think look, salty just, just, you're a salty yoga man. Disclaimer. Okay. If you disagree with me on this episode, it's totally fine. We still be friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still love you. Right. I think there is actually a lot of data that we combed through, but to get to the data, you have to wade through, I think buckets of noise and pseudoscience. Yeah. It's one thing for a blog to say yoga helps your mental state because of the flow and you don't need to back it up with science. But it's another thing to actually go and do studies, scientific studies on it. So we looked for the scientific studies, and that's what we're going to try to present here, is a scientific argument for can the I, benefits. Also, can I say something diff- difficult? For sure. Yoga is, like, nowadays, yoga is a broad term that, as Adam talked about in his Begins That Don't Suck, it means fucking anything under the sun. Like, what does, like, there is very athletic yoga. Then yeah, there's, there's just lots of then, different then types of yoga. Then there's just a bunch of lazy people sitting around in a room just, like, pretending chanting. to do, chanting and pretending to do yoga. Right. So it, Yeah, you're right. So when you do these studies, it's like, well, what kind of yoga are you even doing? Because yep. yoga basically means anything now. Right. So there's, 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 no it means. There's over a hundred different types of yoga. So it's, yoga is too general of a term in Actually, but I think what we're talking about for the sake of this episode is we're talking about the yoga that you might get at any studio where you're going to go in and do a little bit of exercise. Yeah, like athletic yoga. Yeah, sometimes you go in and you just chant with a woman. Right, like the. Well, you want to tell your story right now? Yeah, I I was going to tell a little bit later. I can just. I I just go. Go ahead. I just go with it now. Um, Adam is a big fan of yoga. I'm not. Huge fan. I'm not a big fan, honestly. Um, (laughs) If you couldn't tell. (laughs) that's what's gonna make Um, it good so basically adam wanted us to go to this yoga studio to do a workout and i like you know i like my one hour workouts to be difficult and to get actual cardio workout or strength workout as you know most people do so i went to this i went to this yoga studio to get my one hour workout time and we literally just sat in a room and this woman this people are gonna hate me for this but whatever this this woman who who was white talked about like being in India and how like spiritual she was and blah 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 and that's what we did for an hour. We heard her talk about her life and we didn't work out. Right, we were it we were in the class to work out. Nuts. No, it was it was not a good sesh and it left you with a bad taste in your mouth. It was not a good sesh. We also had to chant Shanti 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 for ten we had to minutes. Chant Shanti Shanti Shanti. Not a great look. Not a great look for the yoga. But I, I love yoga. I think that it's really been helpful for my body and the pain that I feel sometimes. My knees, my hips. And I think it's made my feet and legs really strong. That's cool. So I, I really love it. Can I say one last thing before we start Absolutely. on the actual segments? Yeah. Um, when we're doing these, I want listener, you amazing, beautiful listener. I want you to, I want you to keep in mind that. So compare this, like when we're talking about yoga strength, like obviously if you don't work out and then you do yoga, it's obviously going to be good for you. But my thing is that as a normal person, as a person that exists in the world, you you probably only have like an hour to work out and people that have kids you're probably laughing at me and you're like i have 15 minutes to work out mm-hmm. so the thing is is that is yoga during the time that you have allotted for working out is that what you should be doing as a, as the most effective workout for yourself that's what i and that's what i do when i think about yoga well let's see what the data says yeah let's do it okay to the evidence first let's talk about famous athletes that do yoga because it's just a fun segment to think about Okay, number one, Joe Johnson of the Miami Heat and formerly the Suns. He says this, it's pretty strenuous as far as a workout. It loosens me up, actually. If we have to be at the gym at 530, I'll go about three and I get out at 430. So he does an hour and a half. I go straight to the arena. I'll already be loose and ready to go. It's very relaxing. Oh, so he does it before the game. Does it before the game. 
That's interesting. To, to get more flexible, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wouldn't think that you... I won't think you'd want to do it after the game, if anything. It's interesting to think about yoga. Okay, so one of the things I did find is, yes, of course, there is evidence that yoga makes you way more flexible. Okay, that's scientifically... Scientific fact. It's interesting to think about shooting for a professional basketball player with your arms. If they were more flexible, if that would help. Or even for yeah, soccer, for shoot, hitting the ball. Definitely. You got to think so, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But again, my thing is, if you're a famous athlete and you have all the time in the world to work out and you get paid to work out, it's different from than a normal person who only has an hour to work out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot my, I'm gonna toot my own horn here. I'm toot, toot it. I'm gonna toot, toot it that real shit. quick. When you know, I'm not that great of an athlete at all. I'm Jewish and very short. Yeah, so that's enough said. I just try. Um, when I was doing yoga every day and I was playing some soccer once, I stretched out for the ball in such a way that other uh, people were like, "Holy shit!" Someone like said, "Holy shit!" behind me because it was such like a weird stretch but i was doing yoga every day right so you can do things i think that you would not be able to if you weren't doing it like your body can move and all i almost felt like a new man honestly when i started doing it i felt like a new fucking man i but i think that i i totally agree and i think that it's a different question though does does yoga help athletic performance i would say uh, absolutely but then the other question is is it good for normal people to do as their strength and fitness routine they're not trying to get fat and i would say absolutely not good question okay let's go all right number two aaron Rodgers. ever heard of him you know he is he is a quarterback from the green bay packers also went to butte college a small junior college in the sierra nevadas of california we ride for junior college ride for junior colleges We, we ride for butte college okay aaron Rodgers said i'm really there for my flexibility that's helped but I think through yoga, you learn some good mental disciplines, being encouraged to try and clear your mind. I think those are good mental activities to turn your brain off, focusing on those moments. Okay. LeBron James, you know who he is? LeBron? Yeah. Hockey player. Professor at Cambridge University. That's what I thought. It is something that really can help your balance. I had some lower back problems a few years, probably from just dunking on people. Probably being from like just, an unbelievable just literally jumping over people. And, and once I started to do the yoga, it has helped them go away for now. Of course, we can stretch, but stretching only goes so far. Blake Griffin. Once things start to get tight, that's when things lock down and my back starts to hurt. My knee starts to hurt. So keeping everything loose helps me function at my highest level. Okay? Let's go to the world of football. Football. With a U. Okay? With an accent over it. Soccer. Soccer. Otherwise known as soccer. Lionel Messi and Ronaldo do yoga almost every day after training sessions. Yeah. Ryan Giggs, okay, I didn't know this. He played soccer into his 40s, which is ridiculous because most players stopped playing like 32, 33. For his position, they stopped playing around 30. They stopped playing around 30. It's unbelievable. Um, He's played on Manchester United into his 40s, okay? He said, I started doing yoga at the age of 29 or 30 because I kept getting hamstring injuries. Christian, if you're listening. Please listen to this podcast. I spoke Damn it. To, do yoga. I spoke to the doctors and the physios at the club, and I said I wanted to do everything I could to change it. Yoga had a big effect, and it helped me carry on playing until I was 40. It works not. It just, uh, I. it's ridiculous to play at that level when you're 40. It just, it doesn't happen in soccer. Mm-hmm. It works not just your hamstrings, groin, and quads, but also your calves, glutes, lower back, neck, sides, and core, and penis. It, I made the last one up. It helps to prevent injuries and makes you more supple and flexible. That's why I still do it today. It's amazing basically because he, he, is, he plays a position as a 40-year-old that he has to chase around the most athletic 20-year-old in the world and mark him. Um, David Goggins. David fucking Goggins. Yeah, tell people that. He says is. he does yoga all the time. It, when he started doing yoga, 
it he he was almost dying from these no, strange knots in his back and at the base of his spine. He started doing yoga and stretching, and he's back on top. Okay, one last one. Gregorian black belt in jujitsu. Uh, somehow Joe Rogan is associated with him. He said something really cool. He said that yoga is a martial art you do against yourself. I thought that was a really cool way to think about it. It's a really cool way to think about it. Okay. And you're doing cool. you're doing your silent brooding thing, which is when okay. I am going to ask you for your opinion. Because I like it. Because I will repeat again, and I really like those. Those are really interesting. Do, do, if I was a professional athlete and my job was to was to perform in a sport, which would, uh, which would not only be unbelievable, but <laughs> not only, not only awesome. just like the greatest life ever, but yeah, I would do fucking yoga because I because that's my job. But for normal ass people that you know only have a limited time to work out. Is he going to be the most bang for your buck? Is that the most bang for your buck? If I'm a professional athlete, yeah, of course I do fucking yoga. I do fucking yoga. I do all the shit. But for a normal ass person, it's like, is that how you want to spend your hour working out? Are you okay. sure? Interesting. Okay. I thought it was really cool. There's kind of a renaissance of yoga in the last five years with professional athletes. Because obviously- I can see it for sure. Obviously, it's not as associated with being a male activity. So I just wanted to give out some males, some men that are also doing yoga at the highest level. Talk about your theory about estrogen and yoga classes. What is it? You want to hit on that theory? You go ahead and hit, hit it. I'm not sure what you're saying. Your theory is that sometimes a, a yoga and ladies, we love you. Thank oh. you for listening. But so, some sometimes you feel like when you go into a yoga studio, it can kind of be like an estrogen fest, right? Right. Where they kind of like talk about like you know. Yeah, here's the issue. Going. I think you have to go to the right studio. I I don't when you go into a yoga studio when I do. I want to get a beast workout in, like a fucked up workout. Yeah. Where you're, you're wrung out like a towel afterwards. Right. So it's very hard to separate the woo-woo yoga where it's like, we're going to like, it is hard. we're going to chant shanti, shanti, shanti between find, like actually work out. I, I don't want, I oftentimes the local branches are the most woo-woo and I kind of stay away from those at this yeah. point. And let me, let me just say that our idea, and I'll repeat it again. We've said it on podcasts before, motherfucker yoga. Yep. Okay. It's basically just yoga as a beast workout. And it's like, you know, people yell at you. I, so, I don't want, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I don't want this. I'm sorry. You're doing monkey. No, no, no I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, sorry, cut you off. If anyone wants to run with the interrupting idea, cow. interrupting cow, if, if anyone wants to run with the idea, you can run with the idea of motherfucker yoga, but you have to give us a lifetime free membership. There that's it. Go. That's it. I don't want this podcast to become a gender issue podcast because it's not, it's not a gender issue. It's interesting. You're it kind of shows it, up in yoga though. You're, yeah. You're going to see it come up in this podcast. There's going to be some gender, some gender things because I think it comes up in yoga. I think in the U S yoga is dominated by female practitioners. Okay, that's so. so when, when a man wants to go do yoga, so it's just and a it's little, a bachelorette party. So yeah, so it's just a little bit different than your normal going to a gym and it being like the Guns and Roses and at Gold's Gym. You know what I mean? It's a different experience. Yeah, and I think that women would say that some some classes are male centric. Please don't say that we're not woke on this podcast. We realize that there is kind of some gender tension going on. Don't here. hate us. We're just going to try to present the evidence for the science. Okay? okay. Don't hate us. Estrogen fest. All right. So Noah. Yeah. Yoga and physical strength. Give us the evidence. All right. At the Journal of Strength, and again, this is yoga and physical strength. Was it hard to find actual research on this? Incredibly. If you t if you type in, again to Google, if you type in like, does yoga help with physical strength? This is what I get. I get, is yoga strength training or cardio? Question mark. Is yoga enough to keep you fit? Question mark. Why you need yoga? Question mark. Do you know where all those articles came from? 
Where? They came from a yoga studio that right. was trying to rank higher well, it's, Google. It's its content. Yeah, it's its content written by some 18-year-old that's just like pumping out or someone in the Philippines pumping out content. Right. And then when you when you actually go into those articles, they say invariably every single time, yes, of course it does. So anyway, this is a scientific this is a scientific research on it. At the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research in 2013, they took 30, 32 sort of fat people. So people that were pretty sedentary. Me. Not not what you're becoming. Okay. Not what you're becoming. Go. Because you're going to give up yoga and start really working out. Oh. Okay. There it is. <laughs> so the, Inflammatory so, comment. So, so, whoa, people are, Shots fired. So, 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 <laughs> so pe- people that were reporting less than two hours per week of purposeful exercise and no more than moderate in intensity. Okay. 21 of them went into the yoga group and 11 of them went to the control group. Oh, cool. <laughs> Funny enough, they put 21 into the yoga group because they figured that people were going to drop out. Wait, why? Because they so they say so basically they had eleven in the control, twenty one in the non control. Who's they? This is the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, gotcha. twenty thirteen. Thank you for that. asking. Yep. Um, and again, this is Bikram yoga. Oh, Bikram. What's yeah. Bikram? Bikram is a very intense type of yoga that takes ninety fucking minutes. Specifically, hot. Can't very imagine hot. literally working out for ninety minutes. That's way too long. In, in hundred plus degrees. Just right? just too long to work out. Honestly. Also, if there's a Netflix documentary about Bikram. He is a. Uh, I think it's called. Pretty much a rapist. I think it's called Predator. I think is it called is it? Bikram? Uh, anyway, uh, let me say. Let me yeah. say. Okay, we watched. Wild we watched the documentary. He is definitely a rapist and terrible person. And there you go. Um, and there you go. Watch the documentary. But anyway, um, Bikram yoga is still taught all over the place for sure. Um, so twenty-one of the people were going to do Bikram yoga, and eleven were going to be the control. So they had every subject record their deadlift scores. Oh. If you uh, if you don't know what a deadlift is, okay, it's just basically a a bar with weights on on the end, and you just pick it up from the ground. It's a very good lift to measure your strength because it is legs, it is core, it is shoulders, it is arms, lower back, it is lower back. It's a great workout. Okay, then they had to measure their hand grip strength, just gripping something, body composition, so how much fat do they lose, flexibility, and heart rate to measure cardio increase, like resting heart rate. Um, what were the classes like? Well, it was an eight-week training regime of three 90-minute instructor-led class, class sessions per week in a hot-ass room. So a total of 24 classes. Ready for the, the results? Yes. The yoga participants, the people that went to the yoga, did 24 classes, the Bikram. They showed no increase in hand grip strength. But the Bikram yoga participants, they actually increased their deadlift at them. Oh, okay. By 13%. Oh, shit. So let me just say, 13% after 24 sessions. So how many, uh, over how many weeks? This is so over eight weeks. So again, these Bikram classes are, it's basically 90 minutes of suffering because it is, it's hard yoga in a extremely hot room. And it's gross, honestly, when you see pictures of it. When we first did Bikram, me and Scamp's been on this podcast a few times. We're just mentioning again, our friend Scamp. Scamp just laid down on the mat and passed out. Yeah, she, felt, she didn't pass out. But she fell asleep. Not anymore because she's performance. Not scamp. anymore because she's Scamp Goggins. Because she's Scamp Goggins. Read yeah. the Dave Goggins. That's book. how damn hot it is. If you do it, you know how fucking hot it is. So it's really ba- hot. So basically, these ninety minute classes almost are, like a rapist came up with it. Honestly, I, so when I think about working out, what I think about is how can I have my suffering to affects the best balance. So how can I suffer the least amount but get the most effects? Yeah. Right. So this is a whole lot of fucking suffering for ninety minutes. And, the, and these are the results for it. They increased their deadlifts by 13%. 
And this is an example. So they were basically, if they started off deadlifting 150 pounds, they would deadlift 170. That's like 13%. Right. Okay. Let me just say that I could take someone, I don't know anything about training someone. I could take someone that had never lifted before. And in 24 sessions, I guarantee you, I could get them to double their deadlift. By, so I, I, just me, an idiot, I would get them to, to 2x or 100% their deadlift. Double your deadlift with Noah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like 24 weeks. It's like, but like like 24 sessions, 90 minutes of suffering. Yeah, so they increased their deadlift by only 13%. 24 weeks or 24 sessions? 24 sessions in eight weeks. In eight, so eight weeks. Yeah. So what you're saying is that, that it's not very impressive for the physical gains. What I'm saying is for the amount of suffering, that's an absolute bullshit amount of progress. It's not a great amount of physical progress. It's not a great amount of physical strength. Okay. Do you have any other studies? Well, I'm going to keep going into, into the other things they measured. Okay. Okay. Body composition. Okay. So by that, fat what does loss. that mean? Fat loss. Okay. Basically, how did this help with fat loss? BMI, body mass index? Yeah. Uh, it's just, they measure their body fat before and after. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So after 24 sessions of absolute suffering for 90 minutes, the yoga, the yoga group, and again, these are not, again, if you're a fit person, it is harder for you to lose body fat. These are not fit people. The yoga group experienced a body fat percentage loss of 1.1%. Okay. Okay. That's not a lot for the, uh, that's not a lot for the amount of suffering. Actually, it's barely anything for the amount of suffering. How much did you expect to lose? I think if I was going to do 24 sessions and I was a fat person, I would expect, I would expect to get around like 5%. So like 1%, you mean if you're like a hundred pounds, you'd lose one pound. So this is the tough thing, right? Because now then, then I did a lot of research on, let's say I ran for 24 sessions for eight weeks. Right, right. And I was a fat person. How much do I expect to lose? And I could not, it's frustrating. I know, but I couldn't find anything that was, um, are these people, the problem with the, with the study, are these people eating like fat people? Very smart. You know what I mean? Very good. So the researchers at the end of the study, yeah, because they were confu- they were like they should have lost more than one percent of body fat. Like that doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense they're after ninety so sessions. Much in those, yeah, they're like they're like qualitatively. I don't get this. So they postulated that. These I swear are, to God, you should lose that one in one Bikram session. Right, but so what's a, going on? So they they postulated that these are people that never that didn't really work out. So as soon as these people started working out, they also started eating more. And eating, they don't know how to eat well. And they don't have good There's eating habits. Nutrition. So basically they just started eating really bad and that happened. Yeah. I mean, working out doesn't fucking matter if you eat a box of donuts every day. It so doesn't that, matter at that's, all. That's what they said. Just saying. Yeah, that's why these things are right. hard to measure though. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Cardio and heart rate. They, re- they measured resting heart rate. And I will quote, quote from the, from the researchers on the cardio and heart rate of 24 sessions of Bikram yoga. There were no changes in maximal aerobic capacity, resting heart rate, or resting blood pressure after the period of yoga training. This indicates that that the yoga did not elicit a cardiovascular or meta- metabolic training stimulus robust enough to produce the adaptations typically expected from a constant endurance exercise program. Okay. Okay. But now I'm going to get to the positives. So just calm, I'm getting the positives. I was going to say, do you have any other studies besides this one? <sighs> yeah. So we have a section on flexibility. Right. So, so I'm going to save the flexibility. Save I will say that the table it. that the flexibility difference is robust. Okay. From from this, keep us on strength. Okay. And I want to talk about another study real quick. Yeah. Because cardio is difficult to measure, right? Heart rate, how fast is your two mile, whatever. You can also measure it, measure it doing what's called a VO2 max. Oh. Okay. So when you when you see people running on the running on the treadmill with a gas mask on yep okay that they're doing their vo2 max okay 
Okay, this is interesting. You'll like this. Mm-hmm. Another study measuring VO2 max of yoga students. They were like, how? So they did yoga for one hour a day, six days a week for 12 weeks. So 72 hours of yoga. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay, again, one hour a day, six days a week, 12 weeks. It's a lot of yoga. After, it's a ship ton of yoga. Yep. After the 12 weeks, they measured their VO2 max. A whole lot of namaste. It's a whole lot of namaste. After 12 weeks, they measured their VO2 max. Yeah. Men increased 10% with their VO2 max, and women increased 9%. So VO2 max is like your your cardio, your capacity to take in oxygen. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a measure of your cardio fitness that a lot, a lot of athletes use. You're so actually 10% or 9%, that's pretty good. Compared to a runner. So, 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 and then I spent an hour, probably it. two hours trying to find the similar stat for runners. And all I could really find was 10 to 9%. That's what, so a lot of running programs shoot for that kind of increase in six weeks, mm-hmm. which is half the time, but the yoga was not bad at increasing this. And it's actually like, that's pretty good. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So six weeks of running or 12 weeks of yoga it's going to increase your VO2 max a lot. All right. So um, celebration for yoga. So. <laughs> let me let me just say that so in summation. Does yoga in, increase so one thing that's a little frustrating, a deadlift is different than a push-up. So for me, yoga is always going to be more body weight strength than it is going to be those, those like massive, like push up, right. oh, sorry, sorry, deadlift or bench press. So it's frustrating because that to me is a more, is a better study that would lean towards yoga's favor. Uh-huh. And, and I didn't find one. So okay. in summation from what I've seen, yes. Does yoga increase strength a little bit? Okay. Does it increase cardio or body composition? Barely a little again. Does it increase VO2 max? Yes, it does. So that's cardio, right? VO2 max. So it does increase cardio. It increases the amount of oxygen you can take in. Which is cardio. But it didn't increase their heart rate, their resting heart rate. Didn't that's the difference. It didn't increase their resting heart rate, but it increased the amount of oxygen they can pull in. Which, which is, is usually a measure of cardio fitness or no? Or they're, I that wrong? They are both a measure of, they're both a measure of cardio fitness. So while okay. it, it worked for one, it didn't work for the other. It is interesting that it works for VO2 max actually, because then it's like, well, does yoga help me get oxygen into my muscles? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because it's like opening up your muscles or something. I don't know. I don't know, but that's, but it was, it was interesting. Okay. So strength and, and cardio is not the strengths I would say of yoga. It's not where yoga shines. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Okay. All right. Adam. I love those studies. Yeah. Take us to yoga and mental health, a place that yoga shines, I believe. Yoga and mental health. So first, we're going to start with stress relief. And we're going to talk about cortisol. We're going to talk about depression. And we're going to talk about some disconfirming evidence, maybe. And that's it. We're going to talk basically the majority about stress and anxiety. All right. So let's start off with a decrease in cortisol. What is cortisol, Noah? Cortisol, when you when you drive in traffic, it's it's what you produce. Stress hormone makes yes. road rage. It's the hormone in your body that produces fight or flight level responses to danger or pressure. It is widely used to quantitatively study stress. They they when my fiance yells at me. Oh yeah, what what's your story with that? I was in the hospital, 
and I was hooked up to a blood pressure. We were all there. My whole family was there and Ashley was there. I was hooked up to a uh, heart rate monitor and, and me and Ashley had like some disagreement about something and she, she was getting mad at me and my heart, my heart rate monitor started beeping <laughs> because when your significant other gets mad at you, it raises your heart rate that oh, much where so it's like awesome. a dangerous level. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so cortisol is taken, it's saliva in your mouth. They take the saliva and they measure the cortisol in the saliva. It isn't just mental, right? This cortisol it is imperative to your body's functions, stress. If you experience stress and you have a rise in cortisol, it can be debilitating to your body. Yeah. So when people talk about stress, it can come out in many physical ways. It isn't just a mental thing. So I want to be clear on that. Okay, so according to a few studies, yoga can actually decrease cortisol. A study, an Indian study done in 2006 on alcoholics, cortisol was measured in a control group and another group that practiced basic yoga for two weeks with results for cortisol significantly lower in the group that received the basic yoga training. Okay, guess what? But the problem with the study is, is their loss in cortisol just from being in a room with other people and talking to and talking to other people? Or you know, is their loss of cortisol just from working out when they haven't been working out? Right, exactly. So I think also the problem, just like the, psych, uh, the psychedelics, the problem is that you cannot do a double blind study of yoga. The people who are doing yoga know that they're doing yoga. Whereas if you did a double blind study yes. and these people didn't know what the experiment was about, then you can get actual results. Do you right. see what I mean there? Yes, I tell, I do see what you mean. Okay, so that that's the tough part with these studies. But also also yeah. because these study these studies can either go from someone that has never worked out to then doing yoga, yeah. or it can go from someone that's really fit to doing yoga. So they're all right. over the place. But it is really cool that they had lower cortisol levels. So that is like the chemical that causes stress was significantly lower after just two weeks of basic yoga in alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Also, these alcoholics, there was a 50% abstinence rate from alcohol after the yoga class higher in the yoga group than the control group. They did not test to see if they sustained this abstinence. So this is for alcoholics that then started doing yoga and it gave off some of their cortisol. Right. I mean, that's cool. It's cool. Okay. Another study in 2005 put 24 self-referred emotionally distressed women in a three-month yoga program, which compared with women waiting to take the course afterwards. There's a long wait list of people waiting to take this study. Okay. There was a significant decrease in cortisol after their salivary cortisol was measured after the three-month yoga program. So their cortisol also dropped significantly. This is interesting. This is interesting because sometimes I feel at yoga, again, women, don't hate me. Love you. Love you guys. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Brace yourselves. Is that it's kind of for like sometimes some of the yoga classes seem like it's kind of for females. Well, there's women only yoga classes. I I know, but it seems like the, the, the females are getting something more out of the class than just the workout, which for me is a waste of time. Is it that or is it just marketed towards women? Well, when you talk about that, that study. Yeah. Sure. Maybe when women go to do yoga and there's other women there and it's woman centric, they get more it, out of they it. Get more out of it and they lose more cortisol than maybe going to a girls' gym class that has men and women. Maybe that's maybe why that's I would totally love true. to know that shit. Maybe that's true. I'm just I would love to go to a like a weightlifting class of just men. That would be cool too. Exactly because I would love to go to a weightlifting class class of just men. That would be fun. Okay, just man around. So what's at play here? So I wonder if this is once again this is the yoga itself or just the reduced stress 
from acting on the desire to combat stress itself or just from being a room in a room full of people for a three-month program that you probably get to be friends with or something like that. Right. And now we know activity you know, activities. Remember those? Yeah. Remember, remember what you used to do? Um, also, the breath exercises, just by slowing down your breath, like yoga is really focused, even the physical yoga, on paying attention to your breath, just like you're meditating. Mm-hmm. And just by slowing down your breath, you slow down your heart rate and you can lower cortisol just by doing that action. I think that is huge for athletes as well. I must be absolutely massive let me tell for you, athletes. Let me say again, I talk about, I'm talking a lot of shit about yoga. If I was an athlete, I would 100% do it. Okay, so I tr- what I try to do, there are lots of studies that show that yoga decreases your cortisol, which is great for yoga. I tried to find some disconfirming evidence and do some real science to see if there's any negative effects of yoga on mental health, right? So you can imagine when I did this search, there's no one's going to publish a piece of content that says that yoga is actually shit for you. I mean, and now, that thinking, pretty well. now that I'm that thinking about it, well actually, that would, that, would, that, would, that, would be the, that would be the hottest of all takes. That would be a hot take. Like, and that Extremely hot well. take. Okay. Um, uh, in, yep, sure. Go I, ahead. I have a study. Yep, absolutely. Um, yoga and inner city kids. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is this uh, disconfirming evidence? Uh, no, it's not disconfirming, but I thought it was cool. You aren't disconfirming. Yeah. And you're going to, I just completely interrupted it. Yeah. Yeah. You keep going. <clears throat> okay. Fuck me. Uh, there was a study done in the United States and India, a joint study. It conducted a systemic examination of the scientific literature of yoga to assess the benefits of its practice for depression, schizophrenia, ADHD, sleep complaints, as well as cognitive and eating disorders. Okay. So of a total of 124 studies in which yoga was used as therapy for the disorders that I just listed above, only 16 studies, 16 out of 124, 12.9% were considered to be of sufficient quality to be considered in the final evaluation because of the problems with doing these types of studies. Right. So it's very hard to get clear scientific evidence from studies like this where there's so many variables going on. Just like the psychedelics, which I really worry about those studies, the same problems apply here. It is not double blind, right? The people who are volunteering are actively volunteering for it and And, want to be healed. Right. And also, who are they? What have they worked out in their past? Have they ever worked out before? You know what I mean? Listen, this is a science podcast and we're going to present it scientifically, this question. Okay. I don't. Um, one, one last one for depression. A British study done in 2005 tried to pull together all the available research for yoga and depression, and found out that of all the studies that did depression, only 10% of them were in quotes scientifically valid. So rigorously scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say that of the study of the journals that I went to, I had never seen them before for these yoga studies. And we've been doing a lot of podcasts at this point. What is this? 32. And I pretty much know what the journals are and where the journals are listed. There was, there was a lot of strange, um, strange literature on this. I have to say, but in summation, it does seem like yoga significantly decreases cortisol and personal experience. I can tell you that it really, really helps me the rest of the day for sure. Just to be slow down and focus on your breath, I think is the most important thing. And my huge question with this obviously is of course, like, because exercise in itself gets rid of cortisol, right? So then does this get rid of more or less cortisol than just a traditional exercise? Noah, guess what it's time for after this music break? It's time for a little honey. We're going to do a little bit of honey, but first, I'm going to get a LaCroix. I'm going to get a LaCroix. 
Do you want LaCroix? LaCroix! This is the halftime, honey, where we discuss and we toast some absurd bit of science news that is somehow related to our episode. And this episode is the science of yoga. Mm-hmm. I find the story and Noah, he responds with his immediate thoughts. Yeah, I do. Okay. So this is a special edition of the halftime, honey, because this is going to be a longer one, but it is fantastic. All right. I'm fucking excited. And remember what I said about gender issues at the top of the show. This is not, please, if your brain starts to go to, this is a gender issue, please try to think a little bit deeper. I don't, I don't believe that this is a gender issue. Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe it is (laughs) in that. I just don't want to engage in at that level. I want to engage on it as a, like, it's like a property issue to me. It's an issue of space and who owns the space. Look, we just got to do it. People are going to be We're upset. Gonna People are going to be fucking upset. Here you go. It's, it's okay. Okay. So there's a great Reddit feed. It's called subreddit. It's called, am I an asshole? Am I the asshole? Okay. Are you, are you familiar with this? I've heard you talk about it. Can you explain it? A-I-T-A. You can post something A-I-T-A. on there like. That's so Reddit. You can post something on there like, my dog bit. My roommate's dog. My roommate's dog is a dick. Am I the asshole or is my roommate's dog the asshole? Right. Okay, cool. But what people usually post is things like this. My best friend who's broke and I let him sleep in my house. And then he slept with my wife. And then he chopped off my leg and ate it. Am I the asshole for kicking him out or is my best friend the asshole? Those are usually the posts on there. This is so random. And people are like, Jesus Christ, like... You know, talk about so this is actually one of the best ones I've ever found on there. And that is pretty complicated when you think about it. You found it. Okay. I'm excited. It has to do with yoga. It does have to do with yoga. Okay. Okay. So this is what the user just relax, just trying to relax posted. Yeah. When I get home from work, I go and sit on my back porch and drink a beer or two. I just enjoy the sun and fresh air while I stare off into space. I actually share the backyard with another unit. It's a duplex situation. Yep, got it. The couple that lives there, it's two women, got permission from our landlord to use the yard to have yoga and other exercise sessions since their <laughs> indoor since their indoor studio space is being closed again. So they own a yoga studio. Yep. They're now having the yoga classes in their backyard. They have these classes around the same time. That's because it's a convenient time for a lot of other people too to have the class. Yeah, after work. Yeah, after work. Two times a week. Wednesday I know what and I'm towards. I know what I'm leaning towards the, right here. The lesson, hold on. The lesson is women's only. It's a women's only yoga class. One of my oh, neighbors, fuck. one of the neighbors that owns the studio that's going on in the backyard, one of my neighbors came over after their lesson Friday. She was very non-confrontational when she approached me. She acknowledged that I had every right to sit there. He's, it's a dude, by the way. That's important for the story. And it wasn't a problem on their co-ed class days, but said that the women felt uncomfortable with my presence during the women's only classes and are no longer wanting to attend. Okay, it makes sense. She oh, explained, this is a brutal one. It's, it's really complex. It's a tough Fuck. one. She explained that these are their most popular classes and the ones where they make most of their money and they can't afford to lose more clients. I know what to do. While I understood that I really didn't want to give up my little outdoor time two days a week, 
So I continue to chill on the porch like I always do. Hold on. Here's how I'm not going to read this is the rest amazing. of the post. I'm just, I'm just lit. Just keep going. Here, I'm just, I'm a little low bottle. The way the rest of the post goes is he just goes to his porch every day and drinks the beer, right? What happens is the other neighbor, the couple of, of the woman who is nice to him comes over and is um, confrontational about it. She's like, you need to get off the porch. You need to get off your porch. Um, don't drink here. You just don't get it. Blah, blah. She goes back to the class. And then a lot of the women leave. Only two of the women do the class. He's on his porch drinking the beer. And the women look uncomfortable. I know the solution so to this. That I was his post. His post was, is he the asshole or is it the neighbors that are the asshole? Oh, wait. Before you do your response, I am toasting. This is a toast to this subreddit, which I really like. And this is a toast to this question being just very complex morally. And this is a really good question to think about. Who is the asshole here? Is it the dude that is drinking the beer on the porch on his own property, right? Or is it, I know who the asshole is. Is it I the women who are having, using a shared space to have a yoga class in? So I toast to the complexity of this question and to the awesome subreddit that is, am I the asshole? I'm so ready to fucking go. Here you go let's make a toast. And then we're going to get your response. Oh, oh God. Oh, daddy. Oh, that put me in a good place. Woo! All right. Your response. All right. So clear the floor. Okay. So I actually have had a similar situation. So I'm glad that this Perfect. is Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Because an Airbnb, we own, two, me and my fiance own two Airbnbs. An Airbnb is just what these couple have. It is a business in a recreational, in a suburban setting. As in, you're trying to conduct a business in a place that businesses aren't usually conducted in. Yep. Right? True. True and, fact. And so they're obviously doing this because of Rona, right? They're doing it because of Rona. So it's a weird situation. It's a weird okay. situation. So in our Airbnb, right? Yeah. There were no fences. So our clients would have been in the backyard, basically in other people's backyard. Okay. So you would have been conducting business in someone else's backyard. So so basically the same thing would have happened where... I would have had, I would have had a business where people were in the backyard and people were complain probably would complain about staying at my Airbnb because there was no privacy to our neighbors. Except in this case, they're sharing the building. It's a duplex. I, it, right. It's a duplex. Yes. Okay. However, yeah. As the private business, yes, it is your responsibility to to take care of your clients that are inside it is not the man who just lives next door it's not his problem okay and there's a very simple solution to this build a privacy fence which is probably a thousand dollars down the middle down the middle of it i built i built the privacy fences it's a thousand bucks build that fucking privacy fence wall wall the dude off he's not saying anything he's not being loud if the women your clients can't see him then, then, like, then they will, then they won't bother about it. And honestly, honestly, it's his property. He's allowed to do what he wants with his I, side. I don't know if he would be down with the privacy fence. It's a shared yard. Like, why does he want a fence in the middle of his yard? Who would want that? A fence? No. So his side. So basically, like, you would, he would get a side of the yard, and the women would get the, they would get the other side, and you privacy fence down the middle, and the business has to pay for it because you're making revenue. Right. That would be my solution to so, it. Sounds like a decent compromise. It's probably too logical. Someone's going to need, there needs to be a compromise here, right? I mean, it is, it is weird that he's drinking. I love what you said. Okay. It's totally true about conducting a business in a suburban area. It's always it makes, weird. It makes all these weird problems. It makes all these weird problems. Um, they wouldn't be doing the business if it wasn't for Rona. 
But I mean, there's a lot of questions of whether they should even be doing a business in a shared backyard. Look, I just think that they it, have to accommodate him is what you're saying. Yeah. I just think it's a weird situation because of Rana. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be weird. They're doing the business in their backyard because they are the ones, the, the dude, when he's drinking beer in the back, he's not making revenue. They're making revenue in the backyard. And I know it sucks for the business, but I've had to deal with this. Yeah. You build a privacy fence down, talk to your neighbors and build that fence down the middle. Yeah. And also when, if you say that the privacy fence, like what if, you know, what if they need to get rid of the fence? You can remove, a, you can make a privacy fence to remove it and save the parts. Okay. So you, the fact that the women are uncomfortable in the class, you're saying that he can still be on his porch because it's his property. Absolutely. That's his property. You can't tell him that he can't be on the porch. I know. It's different if he was like yelling at the women. It would be He's nice not to, doing anything. Right. It is kind of weird of him. Like he can't just delay his drinking like a little bit to accommodate people for Corona. It'd be nighttime then. If it's after right. work, it'd be nighttime. Right. That's true. That's a solid point. I mean, it would be like, it would be like if you got back to your house and you couldn't take a shower from work because your neighbors wanted to use all the water or something for water skiing. Right. But they wanted to use all the water to conduct their business. Right. Because they're the ones making money. It's their prerogative to yeah. do something yeah. about it. You gotta say as an American, it's his pro he's paying the rent. Absolutely. Like strangers are coming to his shared yard. You know what I mean? It's different if he is actively trying to disrupt the class. Now, obviously, he is because he's continuing. He's, <laughs> right. Right. But but I think he is not... Like, let's say that he was just like yelling like, oh, you look good. Like, he's yelling at the women. Right. Creepy, rapey stuff. If he's being creepy, yeah. that's different than he's just trying to enjoy his porch. Yeah. I think that, that by not by going over to him, by, you're causing a problem by being confrontational. Yeah. And, and you're uh, saying that it's the women's job I, to accommodate. I'll be completely honest. Sure. Yeah. This, this, the women... Yeah. It seems very entitled. No, but they need they need to make money. Their studio so, shut down. It's coronavirus. I like everyone everyone needs to, to help out. A I totally bit get it. We have difficulties running a business in, in this residential setting. A lot of difficulties. I think their their argument is is valid as well. However, I stop at you can't tell someone else what to do on their own property. I totally agree. And can I be honest with you, when you when you when you conduct a business in a residential setting, Part of the business model should be dealing with the neighbors, and it isn't ours. So, for instance, our our neighbor, but they never wanted to do but, it. But let me explain. Our neighbor cuts our lawn, not because our neighbor is good at cutting our lawn. He's terrible. They're terrible at it. It's because the relationship with the neighbor. It's because it's basically like here's fifty bucks. Just just, just shut up. Just, yeah, here's yeah. fifty bucks. So, right. what if they gave him his favorite, like a six pack of his favorite beer every class? Exactly. Give him a six pack, pack of his favorite beer and he'll be like, you know what? But then they, I, they can't have class because their clients are leaving. They don't want to be stared at by a dude. They don't want to be stared at by a dude Build the privacy fence then. I, I build, build, build the privacy fence then. I just feel like what, it, the whole situation sucks. It's happening because of Rona. It sucks. But when you conduct business in a residential setting, part of your business model is dealing with your neighbors. That's literally there part of it. When we look at Airbnbs, we're like, how are we going to deal with our neighbors? So would you, immediately would you think about that. Is he the asshole or is he not the asshole? He's not. Okay. Pretty great, great question though, right? Great question. All right. Wonder what you ladies think let out it, there. Let us Sorry know. if you don't like me. I still love you. Let us know your thoughts. Okay. Let us know your thoughts. Noah. Yes. Yoga and flexibility and balance. Okay. Let's do it. I'm, I'm lit. To, I'm it's lit. A, it's I'm a like, great my head one. is spinning. It's so lit. Okay. So <laughs> that's a great one. Yoga, flexibility, and balance. So we're going to go back to the study of the Journal of Strength and Conditioning in 2013 that we talked about again. So before people did the Bikram yoga class, class they measured they measured their flexibility in a sit and reach okay 
which is a sit and reach is where you sit down on the ground, put your legs prone against Mm -hmm. a like block and you try and you try and stretch as far as you can over your legs. Okay. Okay. Right. So they measured it before they did the 24 sessions of Bikram. Okay. People improved their sit and reach at them by 20%. Oh, shit. So they could do it way, way, way better. Basically touching your toes so, farther. So basically, like, if if you reach down to your toes right now in a sit and reach, and you're, like, a little bit away, if you did eight weeks of Bikram, you'd be able to touch those bad boys. Damn. So yoga is incredibly effective for flexibility. Okay. Yep. Incredibly effective. Definitely. Okay. The, the other one is a shoulder. They measured. So let's say that you're prone on the ground, lying on the ground face down. Yep. Um... Then you grab a wooden bar with your hands uh-huh. and you try and lift it uh, like above your back, right? While your chin touches the floor. <laughs> I'm like doing it in my chair. Holy shit. Okay. So it's, it's basically like your back is constricting. Yeah, I got and it. And they measure how high you can get your hands. Oh, that's, so it's basically like a, uh, what's, a, what's the yoga pose? It's a bow, bow pose? It's like, like bow. bow. It's, it's like bow. But uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So they measure how high your, your hands can get. What it measures is shoulder flexibility. Yeah. And the shoulder flexibility of people after Bikram got 33% better. That's amazing. So like at 33%, you can think about like total distance. Then you just get like a third more of it. Yeah. After eight eight weeks of Bikram. So the flexibility is insane that it does. Right. And it's, it does a lot for your flexibility. Right. I think it does. It also can cure things. I've found that there's no real medical answer for for instance, my knees are mm-hmm. fucked up for some reason. Both of my knees at this point in my life are are messed up. They're tight because the best answer I've gotten from a physical therapist is because my PT band, it's a band that runs along the femur that connects to your knee is too tight because of the muscles are too tight there. So yoke for through yoga, I can loosen that PT band and I can run, but I have okay. to do yoga consistently. Totally agree with this. I have knee problems as well. And this has been shown for a lot of people, like especially for athletes with problems yeah. that yoga just fixes it. Okay. Also D Goggins really quick. He had giant lumps at the base of his neck and the base of his spine. Who is David Goggins? David Goggins is the, the book that I've mentioned a few times in the podcast. That is fucking ridiculous. He's a Navy SEAL and a ridiculous athlete. Um, it's also a pretty inspiring book. It's also pretty, pretty cautionary tale as well. Mostly good things in the book, but he's a ridiculous athlete. He went through a ton of pain and suffering and workouts during Navy SEAL training three times in one year. He thinks that's what fucked him up. He had these unexplainable lumps and he went to doctors to try to get it fixed. They just prescribed him tons of medication for years and they could not figure out what it was. He did scans for tumors. They couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. Okay. He started doing yoga and he couldn't run. It got to the point where he was going to die. He couldn't run anymore. He was just laying there. He couldn't run because I, something was tightening up in these balls. He thought it had something to do with that. So he started doing yoga and they just started shrinking. They're shrinking right away. So there's something to yoga that opens up these muscles that may be restricted by doing, you know, a lifetime of athletics. I haven't done a lifetime of athletics, but you know, I've done a fair amount. There's a fair amount of tread on the tires here. So there's something about it that's restorative to the muscles in the body. I agree. I think it works on those tiny, like micro muscles yeah. and it makes them stronger. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that can bring us to our, to our last section, yoga and other benefits. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go quickly. Yoga and other benefits. So in a study of 64 women with PTSD, 
They did yoga once weekly for 10 weeks. So just once a week for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. 52% no longer met the criteria afterwards for PTSD at all. That's cool. Uh, this is measured using a standard PTSD scale called a CAP scale, which means the clinician administered PTSD scale. So it's a standard use. Once again, 50, 52% of those women no longer met the criteria for PTSD after a 10 weeks, just 10 yoga sessions. So I thought that was really cool. Um, heart rate. You you have covered heart rate as well, right? In the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to have benefited people over 40 a little bit more who practice yoga for five years. They had lower blood pressure. This is five years and a lower resting pulse rate than those who did not. I mean, you know, once again, the problem is that like, yes, they worked out for five years. They probably had lower blood pressure and were a little bit healthier. Right. And are also way more likely to eat healthier. If you're more likely to work out and you volunteer for these studies, you're more likely to be eating better as well than a lay right. person. There's just too many People variables. The problem is that their variables are everywhere. Right. So Unless kinda, you had all of your subjects stay literally on site of the experiment for 12 weeks and fed them right. the same thing. So in summation, I, I think the, the PTSD score is really cool uh, for anxiety. And that's what I have to say about other benefits. Also, there is a lot of studies that talk about bone density, how yoga increases your bone density, which is something I never think about when I work out. But if you work out a lot, the muscles, when your muscles grow, they tighten around the bones and that can cause tons of problems with your legs if you try to run. Especially if you have tiny legs like we do. All right. So, Noah, anything else to say? Uh, two quick honorable mentions here. Uh, yeah. yoga, yoga and inner city kids well-being. They did a study at, a, at an after-school program in Bronx, New York, where they gave the kids yoga once a week for 12 weeks, and the kids reported like much higher scores on negative behavior and much higher scores on how they felt about their quality of their life. So I thought that was really cool. That's what, awesome. What's not cool is that the study was guarded behind all these like academic gates, and I couldn't get the full study. That is cool. So, But the study is cool. Um, there's also been a lot of studies on nursing homes, and can yoga reduce falling from old people like do they have better balance watch out for the fucking falling yeah watch out for the fucking falling and what they have found is that moderate correlation correlation between yoga and old people having better balance oh yeah definitely. and having and, and having less pain so yoga's oh. be, yoga's becoming a hot topic for in, pain management for in nursing homes for pain management strength and stopping them from falling so it's, that's a really cool use for for it okay 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 that's a great place to stop we are gonna do one more musical break, and then afterwards, it is time for the open kimono. Kimono. interesting that dogs do like a downward dog right when they wake up like they do like a yoga stretch every single time they wake up i think that's inter- that's interesting you know like they naturally do it yeah noah yeah 
This is the Open Kimono, where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic. This topic is the science of yoga, and we leave nothing to the imagination nothing. because our kimonos are open. Wide so, Noah, open. what is your open kimono? <laughs> so, and barf. <laughs> Croy and chai. Um, I want to make sure that I do this well because I want to sum- I want to summarize this well. <laughs> so, yoga, I feel like. For the normal person, it should not replace your cardio workout and it should, de- it should not replace your strength workout because you will lose more fat doing cardio. You will gain more strength doing a strength workout. However, I believe that it can be very effective for if you have an injury and pain management or trying not to get re-injured for flexibility and for stress management. So while I don't think that yoga should ever replace traditional workouts ever, 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 ever. Um, I think that if you had an hour to work out, maybe a couple times a week, it wouldn't be so bad to do 45 minutes of your workout and 15 minutes of yoga. That's, and, and, and that's what I think. I also want to say that, uh, I once did replace my, all my like strength and cardio workouts with yoga. When, when did you do that? When we were living in Austin for a little bit. Okay. I, re- I replaced all the strength and cardio with yoga, and it was the fattest I had ever been. Okay. There you go. There you go. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you with my open kimono. Good. I think that very physical. there are forms of very physical yoga that are extremely difficult and are harder for me than doing a strength workout or a long run. I mean, they are absolutely brutal to hold the poses if you really push yourself. I did a yoga session yesterday in this very room. And I was so sweaty that I couldn't see. It's one of those levels of sweat that you get from a heavy cardio workout. And now I'd like to respond. Um, one second. And yoga has done... I When I started doing it, I honestly... I can't tell you anything different that I just felt... I feel like I have more awareness of my body. I didn't... Before I was doing yoga, I didn't know really where my hips were. I couldn't feel them. But now I can feel my hips. It sounds so stupid, but I can feel where my hips are on my body and I can move them in new ways. Your response. Yeah, baby. Okay. Your rebuttal. My response. When you say that yoga is like the, one of the hardest things that you've done that you were sweating. That's kind of my point. My mm-hmm. point is that for the amount of suffering sometimes that's in yoga, you could do a lot less suffering and do a cardio workout or strength and get better results. So that is, that's kind of, that's my, my point with it. Better results for what though? For strength, you're saying? I'm saying for strength and for fat loss. Yeah. For strength and fat loss. If, yes. If you're a fat person or, or sorry, if you're, There's, if you're an overweight person, don't go do yoga to, right to lose weight. Go do a cardio program. That's, that's for losing weight. It'll be more effective for you. Okay. Yeah. That's my thing. And yeah. I think, I think that yoga studios, they like suck our people, people in. It's not good for people. Um, I, I agree with you. If you want to do just fat loss, there are better ways probably to lose fat. I think that honestly, everyone should incorporate yoga into a robust workout routine. It should be part of, you should do strength training, do cardio, and please also do yoga because it, it will amp up the strength and the yeah. cardio with your flexibility. And it's also it's great true. for your mental health. It's true, but you should do it for like a couple minutes and not 90 couple fucking minutes. minutes. No, do it. No, do a 90 minute, do a 60 minute real yoga session every week. Once a week. Don't will, fucking do I that. I tell you, you will feel like a different person <laughs> and it was great. Fuck yoga. <laughs> oh yeah. Really? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think it's really, I think that. I'm not saying just no, do yoga. Let me just say, I yeah. think that if I did do yoga for like 
10 minutes every like once every every once out of every three workouts if i did like 15 minutes of yoga it'd be beneficial i think definitely i think so definitely okay okay Shout out to Sarah and her boyfriends. May they be yoga masters with buns and lotus tattoos. And lotus somewhere tattoos. Somewhere far away lands. Somewhere far, far Hopefully she away doesn't chase them. Doing yoga. Um, shout out to the Kraken that lives under the ice of the rogue planets. Absolutely. Anything else? Shout out to you listeners. Shout we out to you guys. guys. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. <clears throat> if you've listened to a few episodes and you love the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us. And if you've already done that... It would be awesome if you would tell someone about this awesome podcast. You guys fucking rock. That'd be fucking if amazing. If you already done that, you guys, you rock. We love you. Have we some Jack Daniels honey with us. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.